How many people do you know who struggle with their health? Chances are, whether they show it or not, most of the people in your life do. And chances are, you're one of them. Whether you're dealing with anxiety, depression, endometriosis, acne, eczema, autoimmune, thyroid, Lyme, brain fog, fatigue, or any other symptom or condition, you're far from alone. Living with symptoms has become the new normal. So no more guessing games. It's time to get answers. Welcome to the Medical Medium Podcast. I'm Anthony Williams. We're talking about natural flavors. Natural flavoring. Sounds good, doesn't it? All natural. Can't be bad. The thing is, there's something kind of sinister we don't know about natural flavoring. It's everywhere. It's in everything. Did you know that it appeared after something really bad disappeared? Hmm, wonder how they did that bait and switch. Get ready. Fasten your seatbelts because we're going on a natural flavor ride. Oh, so sorry, sorry, ma'am. Yeah. Okay. God, what am I looking for again? Cereal, cereal, cereal. That's on the list. All right. Oh, here they are. Ingredients: whole oats, natural flavors. Why does everything have natural flavors? I don't understand this. Uh, sorry? No, I'm, yeah. That's my, that's my carriage right over there. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I can't find anything without natural flavors. I don't understand. What, what is going on here? My doctor's not telling me about natural flavors. Nobody's telling me about natural flavors, but I see it. All right. Let me just check my coconut water really quick. Natural flavors, my coconut water. What is this? Let me check my other packaged chips that I got, the healthy ones I love so much. Natural flavors. What is going on? I don't get it. I've been shouting about natural flavors for years, ever since they did the switcheroo, the great bait and switch. The old bamboozle. What happened was there was something in everybody's ingredient list and everything they ate. It was called MSG, monosodium glutamate. You know, funny thing is, is it was everywhere. It was in every single frozen TV dinner. It was in every single frozen dish. It was in all the restaurant foods everywhere. It was in fast foods take out, but it was in snack foods as well. Sauces, dips, dressings, it was in everything. It was in all canned food, anything canned, canned beans, canned fruit. It was in canned vegetables, canned peas, canned green beans, anything canned at all, canned tomato sauce. It was in everything jarred, jarred pickles, jarred olives, Jellies, jams, peanut butter, almond butter, and even ice cream. Any kind of ice cream or any kind of dairy products like milk. Yeah, milk. Cheese, butter, and then candy bars, chocolate bars. Any kind of candy, really. 
MSG was in almost everything, but here's the interesting part. It was listed in the ingredient list. You look at the back of a jar of pickles and you'll see MSG. You look at the back of a pack of cookies and you'll see MSG. It was always in the list. It was written there. The amount of MSG was never disclosed. There wasn't like, well, 500 milligrams of MSG, 750 milligrams of MSG, 10,000 milligrams of MSG. The reason why it wasn't disclosed, because in different packages, different foods, it would be like over the top. Generous amounts placed into everybody's food they were eating. And why? Because it made it taste good. Not only taste good, it made you want to go back for more. It was highly addictive. And when those neurons in your brain received that MSG, it made you remember the package you ate it from. Like, wow, those chips are so good. I'm going back. I'm going to get another bag. Next time I'm in the store, get another bag of those chips. I'm going to grab three bags of those chips. And I'm going to eat one in the car on the way home. It was the Wild West. A food company can put 10,000 milligrams per serving of MSG in their food. Another company might only put 200 milligrams. Another company, 30,000 milligrams. And the MSG industry, the chemical companies that actually created it, were booming. The food chemical industry was taking off and MSG was the pilot light. And at the very same time, MSG was really taking off and the food chemical industry was really taking advantage of putting it in every single food for everybody, something else was happening. Artificial flavors, artificial flavoring was big. Food chemical companies were not only creating MSG synthetically, but they were creating artificial flavors synthetically. And artificial flavors were in everything. People didn't care. It was almost in every single food. This was pretty much the golden age of food. This is when people really didn't look at the ingredient list. Nobody cared what was in it. It would be like canned peas. That's all. Who cares? It's just a can of peas. Doesn't matter what's in there. Um, TV dinner. Doesn't matter what's in there. Just TV dinner. Steak, fries, a little dessert to TV dinner. Who cares what's in there, right? Macaroni and cheese. Doesn't matter what's in there. This was the golden age. It's when no one cared about the ingredient list. And the food corporations knew this. And they were running with it. And the food chemist manufacturers ran with this. They knew this too. Nobody cared what was in the food. Now we're moving into the 70s. And there were people that were sensitive they realized they would get a headache, feel sick, not feel good after eating a meal. This had nothing to do with the health movement. It had nothing to do with health and wellness or the movement of healing. This was just regular people that were feeling kind of headachey and sick and decided to look at the back of the package. These were mainstream people. These weren't that group of people that went off the grid decided to live by the land, you know, grow their own food, make their own butter, back to the landers, got their own beans and rice going in bulk, and lived in nature. It wasn't that crowd. And it wasn't the crowd that was doing aerobics, exercising a little bit, 
worried about wellness to some degree, that, that group of people either. It was mainstream all the way. And they decided to look at the back of the package because they weren't feeling good. Conventional-minded, everyday people that started to read the back of the packages because they weren't feeling good saw the MSG and made the connection. Now, at this point in time, the food chemistry manufacturing world was in high gear with the MSG production. There was already a booming business with it. So thousands upon thousands of pounds were leaving the factories and heading to the food manufacturing facilities. MSG was booming. Crazy thing is, people were getting aware, and it was booming. And then that collided together. The awareness and the booming both collided. The heads of the MSG manufacturing world were sitting in their boardroom, and they were saying, oh, crap, we got a problem. Now, they come a long way from where it originated. MSG commercial production started in 1909 after a Japanese professor who was a chemist figured out how to isolate glutamate from seaweed broth. Commercial production was about souping large vats of broth and then dehydrating the broth so the white powder can be singled out and then bagged up and sold to restaurants around the world. But that was the original old innocent way of doing it. That's not what we have today, and it wasn't what we had in the 60s, 70s, and 80s either. The old way was too expensive, cumbersome, it was crude, and it wasn't even that toxic compared to where it went later. Food chemical companies didn't exist 100 years ago. Food companies existed, but not food chemical corporations that manipulated food. And when these food chemical manufacturing companies got wind of how addictive MSG was, they had to recreate the process in an inexpensive way, but potent and much stronger than the original manufacturing of MSG in 1909. In the 20th century, there was a conditioning with how we tasted and flavored food. Salt was always there. It was always on the table. Fine. Pepper too. But this is beyond just salt and pepper. The flavor games began. The food chemical companies knew this. This was about acclimating to another flavoring and another taste. This was MSG. Other food chemicals too, in the artificial flavorings. People got used to stimulation from eating cheesy, crunchy things that came out of a bag. Chips with the most intense flavoring. After you finish up a bag, you look at your fingertips and they're all red and orange looking with a powder on there. Those intense flavors from the chemical corporations, they stimulate the neurons that run the senses. Older generations that were raised on just plain old food ended up learning how to eat all these high sensory, intense flavors. And then people now are raised on, instead of old plain food, they're raised on these intense flavors now. The younger generations are highly addicted highly addicted to all these chemical food flavors. Well, I know what you're thinking, though. You're not one of them, right? Because you're eating all the healthier snacks and the healthier flavored foods and all the good different treats that seem like there's nothing bad in them, right? So you're not one of the people that are reaching their hands in those real orangey, red, cheesy, crunchy things in the bag. You're someone who is maybe picking healthier options, like in the restaurants. You're picking healthy options on the menus. And then when you're in the store, at the health market, health food store, you're picking 
healthier packaged foods that doesn't look like it has anything bad in it, or maybe it's organic and not GMO. And you're like, no, that's not me. I'm not doing the real junky stuff, the real fake garbage. But you've been fooled in a way that I'm going to fill you in on in a little bit. It's also why when someone goes and eats cleaner and cleaner and they're avoiding any of the packaged foods or restaurant foods, it gets really boring really quick. The reason you can get bored really quick is because you're coming off the ride. You're coming off the addiction. You're going through withdrawal. You're coming off of the food chemical ride. It also leads to this problem. When someone actually stays away from the food chemicals or they try to clean up, maybe do a cleanse, a really healthy one, like a plain steamed potato or some bananas, it gets really old fast and then you feel like you're restricted. It's hard to eat without all that brain excitement, that addiction, the food chemicals hitting all the neurons. It's like when you see somebody out there and they get sick, they get all these symptoms and they have to dial it back, learn how to heal. And maybe they'll find some really good information. Maybe they'll pick up a medical medium book and they'll learn how to mono eat for a while and they'll do it and their symptoms go away and they start healing. They get better because they've been holding back all these toxic foods. They've been allowing their body to heal. They've been not feeding their pathogens from all the different foods that are bad for them. And they're staying away from all the bad flavorings and all of the tricks that are inside food that food chemical industries create. And then they drop their guard. They got better enough, better enough to experience other things again or experience the old things in their old life when they were sick. So they go out to a restaurant. They order a vegan pizza, maybe, something that has all that flavor. And their mind is blown. Their brain is just totally like overloaded from those senses. That intense flavor's back. It hits every single neuron. It's excitement. It's a high. And a happiness comes over and takes over. And then you hear friends and family saying, why can't you eat in moderation? Why are you so restrictive? And you almost forget that you had to restrict to heal, to do the right things to recover. But now, since you're better, it's like, why am I eating that way? Why should I just have a plain potato? Why can't I just eat what I want in balance, in moderation? Now, you're on the addictive train again, the food train. And then you go for another vegan pizza. And then you go for another treat. And then you go with a chocolate bar. And then you go with something else, a coconut ice cream. And then you go with something else, and it doesn't stop. And now you're back on the restaurant tour. You're eating scrambled eggs. You're eating all these other dishes. You're eating salads with all this flavoring in it. And it's so easy to poo-poo what you did to get to this place of health where you got strong enough, all the stuff you did to get to the place where you can go on the restaurant tour now. But you're smarter now at the same time. You're choosing decent meals. You're eating healthier overall. You're being mindful because you're not doing what you did years ago before you got sick, which was standard everything, standard American diet, eat whatever. Now you're like educated about food. So you're like, oh, I could balance that out. I can moderate that. I could have this. And you got the high and the addictive feelings. You think you outsmarted everybody. You know best. You outsmarted the original diet many, many years ago you used to eat before you got sick. And then you outsmarted the diet you brought into your life to get you better and move you forward And now you're outsmarting as you move forward everybody else thinking you got this whole thing down. You outsmarted the processed food world. You outsmarted the chemical food industry. 
you outsmarted everybody because now you know your body, or so you think, but you've been fooled. Or maybe you're somebody that did a keto diet. You got off the train, the flavor train, off the standard American diet. You want to lose some weight. You want to get your life in a better place. You want to eat healthier. You stayed off of all the packaged foods. You don't go to restaurants so much anymore because you don't want to be tempted. You're doing the lean proteins. You're staying away from snacks. You're watching your carbs. You're eating more vegetables. You're losing a little weight. You're dropping a few pounds. You're feeling a little bit better. Got a little bit more energy. You've been restricting, restricting away from all that flavor, all those dressings, all those different dishes, all those combinations. And then you're watching your friends eat what they want. They're eating pizza left and right. Ice cream, chips and dip, macaroni and cheese, buffalo chicken wings, flavored coffee drinks, drinks with alcohol in them, takeout every day, restaurant sandwiches. And you remember that things taste so much better in restaurants. And all your friends, they're getting those highs. They're excited. They're excited about food. They're watching you with your diet. And they're reminding you every second how you're missing out. Then you start feeling down about yourself. You start thinking, what am I doing? Why am I restricting? How come I can't eat like everybody else? But what's really happening is you broke your addiction for a little while. You're not living off all that flavor. You went through withdrawal long enough to know what it's like. You lost a few pounds. You started feeling a little bit better. You didn't cheat so much. And maybe you didn't cheat at all for a while. What's really happening, though, is you broke ownership. You were owned. Well, that's the thing. The flavor companies, they own all of us. That's the whole game. The flavor industry wants to own everybody. The chemical flavor industry knows you're going to lose. You're going to lose the battle. No way you're going to be able to hang in there that long. They know they got you. They know they got everybody. They know that eventually you're going to be peer pressured by somebody. Family, friends, people you know, loved ones, anybody, co-workers. And they know the day is going to come. And the food chemical industry's think tanks, you know, the group of people that know you better than you know you sometimes, those think tanks know you're going to fall into that whole thing of, hey, I'm craving it. Maybe my body needs it this time. And those think tanks know you're going to fall prey to that old trick. I just needed a little salt. I was craving a little salt. That's why I went with that bag of chips. That's why I went with that fast food restaurant french fries. But if that's the case, why can't you just try a steamed potato plain with a sprinkle of a little salt on there? No, it doesn't do the trick. And how come homemade french fries made at home, baked in the oven or in an air fryer, just don't taste like the same thing when you go through the fast food restaurant and you get some french fries there because it's not just salt. Not even homemade french fries fried in oil will satisfy you like a french fry somewhere in a restaurant. So you end up coming off the bland train and you end up cheating. And then you're like, wow, that's what I remember. But it's even more exciting than ever before. The stimulation is crazy. This was amazing food. Your adrenaline's pumping. You're laughing with friends. You can't believe how awesome the food is. And now you're like, why can't I do this another time? Why am I restricting so much? Now you're back in it with everybody else. You're on the train again. But the think tanks know that. That's the whole point. The chemical food industry knows this is going to happen and they love it. They know you're going to join the losing team. Now, don't get confused with herbs and spices. That's not what we're talking about here. 
we're not saying, hey, you can't shake a little turmeric on your meal or you got a little cayenne or oregano. We're not talking about clean herbs and spices. Oh my God, I can't wait for my meal to come. Oh, here's the waiter. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, can I have an extra, extra fork? Right. Oh my God. Mm. Oh my God, it's so good. Yeah. So what were you talking about? Yeah. Mm. I can't shove it in fast enough right now. Mm. Can I try your appetizer? I'll order one for myself, don't worry. Mm. This is so good. I've been off my diet right now for like, what, two days now? And it's like, I'm happy again. I'm happy. Like, what was I doing? What was I thinking? Isn't there such thing as moderation and balance? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I was talking to this coach and the coach said that I can just eat what I want and still be happy. But I'm trying to remember, didn't I start eating really clean because I started eating really like fresh and no junk and garbage, no processed foods because I wasn't feeling good, right? And I had weight while well, I lost a few pounds. Yeah. And now I feel like I can just start fresh. Oh my God, this is so good. Mm. I could do this like every day right now. I know some people think they've escaped it all because they figured out intermittent fasting for a while in their life and they're not a part of all this flavor game, but it's actually the opposite. They're doing the flavored chemical coffee drinks all day long. And then at the end of the day, they're eating anything their heart desires because they starve themselves all day long. And how do you get vanilla-flavored coffee when there's no real vanilla in there? And then when you eat, you eat anything you want. And they take pride in the fact that they can eat what they want and do eat what they want. But that really means they really haven't escaped the hold that the food chemical companies have on them. And then there's the athletes out there that work really hard with their athletic work. And after they're done, they award themselves with their favorite food, like donuts or bagels or something cheesy, usually something from their favorite restaurant. And what's incredible is that these athletes, they're in good shape. They look amazing. They're working hard. Everybody aspires to be like them. But at the same time, they're trapped too. And the chemical industry, the food chemical industry knows this. And when you talk to an athlete, they'll tell you it's about balance and moderation. And that's why they do it too. They love their favorite foods. They feel like they earned it. They ran 20 miles. They burned off all those calories. Why not eat our favorite donuts now? But the funny thing is, the food chemical industry created the term balance and moderation. They created it with the pharmaceutical companies so that people go, you know what? I can have a little bit more of that toxic crap. The industry pushed and promoted the balance and moderation narrative so that you would buy more chips and cookies and donuts and packaged food and drinks and restaurant food and any other foods from other food companies that they've sold their chemical additives to. So let's go back to the collision where the food chemical industry realized, oh shit, and people in the mainstream realize something's bad in these products. The moment enough people realized MSG was doing something to them, the moment they realized it was on the label, and the moment they realized it was actually toxic in causing a problem, 
the MSG realizations, the MSG realization from the food chemical industry too, where they're like, oh my God, they're figuring it out. They're finding out. What do we do? The food chemical industry said to itself, if we don't keep this stuff tasty, addictive, we're going to lose a lot of sales. And the effect was going to happen from the highest part of the food chain down to the lowest part of the food chain. The chemical manufacturing facilities, which is the highest part of the food chain that were producing all of that MSG, plus artificial flavoring and other kind of food chemicals too, they were going to take a big hit because they were the ones that were selling all of that product, all of that MSG to the other food corporations, the food corporations that sell all the soft drinks and the drinks and the packaged foods and the bagged and packaged snacks. And the next line on the food chain was the food chains, meaning the restaurant business, restaurant chains, fast food. They purchased all that MSG and all the other food chemicals too, and were putting it in all their chain restaurant delights and tasty dishes. But it didn't stop there. And then all the other food businesses, food companies that bottled and canned things, they purchased the MSG and other food chemicals to put in all their different things you find on the shelf, all the bottled stuff, all the jarred pickles, jarred olives, jarred artichokes, all the different jellies and jams, mayos, mustards, ketchups, dressings. And then the next stop on the food chain, Candy World. Chocolate bars, candy bars, all of those packed with MSG. And then the next part of the food chain, dropping down to the mom and pop stores, mom and pop restaurants, where it's condiments in bulk, soy sauces, vinegars, tomato sauces, peanut oil, canola oil, olive oil. MSG was added to those bulk oils. This was the wholesale market, and this is the wholesale market that was fed to the mom and pop stores and restaurants, all laced with MSG. The entire food chain business was infested with MSG and contaminated with food chemicals. From the highest echelon and beneath, then the word got out. MSG was toxic. It was bad. And then it disappeared like a ghost ship in the night. The letters MSG disappeared off of all the labels. All the labels in the food world changed, but the recipe stayed the same. Emergency action was taken by the food chemical industry, which was illegal because the word MSG, monosodium glutamate, was removed off of all the labels of every single food in the industry, but yet MSG was still in the food all the same. And then people got wise, though. They still weren't feeling good. And so individuals looked into the products and were looking and searching for MSG. It was still there. This was during a time when food chemical testing was approachable. The layman can get food tested for basics and actually see results. A small window in time before the food chemical industry took control over almost everything. When the food chemical industry joined forces with Big Pharma and determined what we're allowed to truly see in our food and drugs. And for the short moment of time in our history, added MSG was no longer there. It was removed. It wasn't in the food anymore. It disappeared. But then 
it reappeared under different names, different tags, different ingredient words. Private deals were made behind the scenes with these organizations. Private deals grandfathered in that you're never allowed to know. The MSG found its way back into the food under code names. Yeast, artificial flavors, fermented products, fermented foods, soy products, protein isolate, and so many more. But there's a big one, really scary one. It's natural flavoring, natural flavors. Why is it scary? One reason, it's so deceiving. It's really a trick out. It's natural, all natural. Natural's great, natural's good. Natural can be in any organic food. It can be in any product that's healthy for you. And all the people that wanted food transparency, look, they wanted transparency of what they're eating, what they're feeding their children. They think they're getting that transparency. Natural flavors. What could go wrong? Think about all the people in the health world, health and wellness world. They care about what they're putting in their body. They look at everything. They read everything. Moms buy juice boxes. Juice boxes say apple juice and then natural flavors underneath it. Almost every single health food out there has natural flavors in it one way or another, including supplements, any kind of supplementation. You'll see natural flavors in there. Now, here's where it gets really confusing. You'll see organic natural flavors, still the same thing. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Organic flavoring, organic vanilla flavor, vanilla flavoring, vanilla flavors, berry flavor, organic berry flavor, any kind of natural flavoring, but it doesn't stop there. It might say fruit flavoring, or it might say caramel flavoring, or it might say something else, but it never stops. There's so many different versions and different types of flavors. And then the individual fruit names or vegetable names, it'll be like blackberry flavoring, raspberry flavoring. And then you think it's just a raspberry that was put in there, but it's not. Just because you hear the word natural flavors and then you read the package and you're like, well, it doesn't say natural flavors on here. It says boysenberry or blackberry flavoring or fruit flavoring. I'm off the hook. Everything's okay. It's not natural flavors, but you're not off the hook. It's not okay. It's all the same, but at the same time, it's so different. So let's talk about that. What I mean by that is every time you see a flavoring of any kind in a product, there could be 200 different ingredients within that flavoring, 400 ingredients, 1,000 ingredients, 100 ingredients. It could be anything, and that's the whole point. It's like the fragrance world. It's a secret. You don't get to choose or know what is inside the product. It's like perfume, parfum, fragrance, cologne. You'll never know. A 1,000 ingredients, many of them toxic, sitting inside of it and you don't know about it. Natural flavors is like the perfume, perfume, fragrance world of food. And you thought you were getting transparency, full transparency of your health food. You're in the store, you're in an organic market, you're in a foods market, you see some healthy snacks, some healthy drinks, and little do you know, you got MSG in your drink, in your snack. It's in the natural flavor, along with many other chemicals you don't know about that are in the natural flavorings. Now, why would natural flavors or natural flavoring of any kind have MSG in it? If you look into MSG, you'll see out there that it has to be listed in an ingredient list on a food product. 
So if you want to choose to use MSG to flavor your food, it has to be listed in the ingredient list. But what people don't realize is there's a workaround. For example, if you're a food company and you want to produce a tasty food product and you want to buy and purchase isolated monosodium glutamate to make it taste good, you can. You can purchase it and then you can add it to your ingredient list, but you have to have the transparency. You have to say monosodium glutamate in your food product ingredient list. But if you're a health-minded person and you see it in the ingredient list, monosodium glutamate, you may not choose to purchase that product. So the workaround comes like this. The food company can purchase natural flavors. Natural flavors can go into the food snack or food product. You don't have to list monosodium glutamate. It's in the natural flavors. Food chemists that work for the food chemical industry create the natural flavors. They add the MSG into the natural flavors along with a whole bunch of other chemicals. Then they sell those natural flavorings to food manufacturing companies. If you have a package of snacks that you like, and they're a healthy package of snacks, and GMO-free, the whole bit, gluten-free, and you see natural flavors in there, and you call the company and say, what's in your natural flavors? Hello, super, uber, duper, healthy snack delights, corporate it. How can I help you? Yeah, um, anyway, I got your package right here and I just have a question. It says natural flavoring. Yeah? And it says natural flavoring and I just wanna clear this up for a second because I'm thinking, what is that? Like what's in the natural flavoring? Our snack foods are non-GMO, they're grain-free, they're gluten-free, and the best there is out there. So what's your question again, sir? The, the natural flavorings. Is it possible something else is in the natural flavorings? Because what is natural flavorings, do you know? Mm, hmm. I think I really don't, I can't answer that right now. I can get back to you though. What's your phone number? The thing is, no one will ever know. No one's supposed to know. It's not meant for anybody to know. That's the whole point. It's a way for the industry to sneak in anything they want to sneak in. Now we're highlighting MSG, but there's a whole bunch of other chemicals getting snuck into those natural flavors. But there's good reason to highlight MSG because it's really that bad. Now there's a lot of gaslighting going on about MSG out there. You'll hear about it. It's not so bad for us after all. There's really no harmful effects. There's no evidence or data. There's no proof. Clinics are even saying, well, there's really no proof that MSG has harmed anyone. So you can actually have it in moderation. Why not? No one's really getting hurt by it. Now, here's the big one they hang their hat on right here. They'll say monosodium glutamate is naturally occurring in all your foods, dairy, meat, fruits, vegetables. And this is where they're totally wrong. If you have an organic non-GMO cherry tomato in your hand, they will say that there's naturally occurring MSG inside that tomato. This is not true. To begin with, your cherry tomato is organic. It's non-GMO. You have to remember that. What you'll find in that tomato is naturally occurring glutamic acid in traces not the monosodium glutamate additive that's used in the industry, the thing that's added to the food that's isolated and synthesized, highly concentrated, and GMO. If a supplement product or food product says non-GMO, but has natural flavors in the ingredient list, 
and those natural flavors are comprised with a lot of different chemicals and additives that are derived from GMO sources. Is the product now truly non-GMO? Or because the natural flavors has GMO chemicals in there, it's truly not a non-GMO product. But in defense of supplement product companies and food product companies, they just don't know. No one's telling those people who own and run those companies that natural flavoring is GMO. Or natural flavoring has a lot of MSG in it. Or natural flavors and natural flavoring has 100, 200, 300, 500 different chemicals in it. If you see a drink or a packaged food that has, say, 10 ingredients in it, and it's wholesome, and the ingredients look clean and good. But you see an additional ingredient called natural flavorings, or natural flavors, or just plain flavors, or raspberry flavor, vanilla flavor, or any kind of flavor flavoring. Then in true reality, you're not dealing with 10 ingredients. You're dealing with at least an 11th, which is MSG. But here's the crazy part. You're really dealing with 100 more, or maybe 200 more, or even more than that, could even be a thousand, no one would ever know. So really, instead of 10 ingredients on that package, there should be a list a mile long on that package, names you can't even believe. And that's the workaround. And that's how everybody's being played. As the years go on, anything could be put into those natural flavorings and natural flavors, and then put into your food, no one would ever know. The MSG of today is different than the MSG years ago, decades ago. And the MSG decades ago was different than the MSG originally discovered back in 1908. The MSG now is produced and created out of GMO sugar beets, GMO corn, GMO molasses, making MSG GMO. And then that MSG is added to a natural flavor mix, whether it's organic natural flavors or natural flavorings or vanilla natural flavor, it's added to that. Now, it's a GMO product. Then, those natural flavors get put into a package of organic food. Organic food label says non-GMO, but now it is GMO. And here's the interesting thing. MSG isn't just MSG anymore by itself. Sure, they derive it from GMO sources like the GMO corn, GMO sugar beets, and other GMO products, but they also add different chemicals to it now. So it's not just MSG by itself. It's MSG with other chemicals added to it, and it's random. You won't know what kind of MSG you even get. Some MSG is just plain old, just sugar beets that are actually GMO'd, GMO'd corn. It's derived from it, and you just get the MSG mixed into those natural flavors. And some MSG will have that plus chemicals, but it's all random, and it's all bad. And then when you think it's bad enough, there's different forms of MSG. There's a cloned version where it's all synthetic. What this means is the original was made off of GMO sugar beets or GMO molasses, GMO corn, but chemical companies found cheaper ways of doing it, cloning it, cloning the building blocks of GMO corn, GMO sugar beet versions of MSG, creating an identical synthetic compound and calling it MSG. And then that's sold to food companies and put into the natural flavors. And then those natural flavors get put into your ice creams, your drinks, your snacks, your cereals, your supplements, and then little juice boxes that your kids drink. It was the ultimate bait and switch. It was an invasion. 
natural flavors became an invasion into our food supply without your consent. Nobody ever asked you, hey, everybody, do you want this crap in your food? Sad thing is, you're not even going to taste the real flavor of what the food was because they added all their chemical natural flavors in. So if it was apple juice, you're not going to taste the apple juice to the natural way it would be. You're going to taste their concoction they added into the apple juice. The thing is, there's all these people out there that pride in how they eat. They pride in what they avoid too, like they avoid fast foods or processed foods. They think they escaped the conventional machine, but they didn't. The conventional evil machine still has their hands in your pure food. So let's head back to the MSG. Why is it bad? Well, conventional world says right now, like, don't worry about it. Clinics even say, hey, it's not really causing a problem with anybody. Something not to be alarmed about. There isn't enough studies. We don't really see anything. We haven't seen anybody really get hurt by it. So maybe you don't have to worry about it. But how would they know? Science and research doesn't know why anybody's sick. Still to this day, they don't have the technology to know why. At the same time, chronic illness is exploding out there, especially neurological conditions and disorders. I'm not saying that all the chronic illness of today is because of MSG, but I am saying they figured out years ago, decades ago, that the MSG was bothering people, giving them migraines, making them dizzy, giving them neurological symptoms. And then they backtracked. They papered it all up. Doesn't exist. It's not happening. They rewrote history like they do all too often. So let's go back a little ways when people first started complaining about problems that they identified with MSG. First of all, your doctor could not identify why the MSG was causing a symptom or a problem. They didn't have the technology to diagnose it, and they still don't today, which is why they can rewrite history right now and tell you, well, we don't know what the effects are, and we don't think there is any problems. MSG really isn't an issue like we maybe thought before. But let's talk about the truth. To begin with, MSG isn't the cause of somebody having OCD, bipolar, depression, anxiety, but it can help worsen it. And MSG is not the cause of severe migraines or the cause of other symptoms and conditions that are severe, but it can worsen the symptoms. Here's why MSG could be a problem. It can build up inside the brain over time. Deposits of MSG can build up around neurons, dampening electrical impulses, neurons, and neurotransmitter activity. So if anybody has a problem like toxic heavy metals in their brain, or low-grade viral infections or high-grade viral infections, chronic illness, autoimmune. There already is a compromise going on between the pathogens, the metals, and toxins somebody's dealing with, or brain inflammation that somebody is dealing with. MSG can be the straw that breaks the camel's back. All these problems are happening. MSG deposits are building. We have more issues now with the brain. This way, if somebody's already sensitive, from metals and pathogens and other issues, then they're going to be sensitive to the MSG. If someone doesn't have any big health problems, they don't have any symptoms or conditions yet, and they go through life ingesting a lot of MSG along the way, it keeps building up over time. And eventually, the MSG deposits that build up on the neurons become a weakness. I talk in great detail about this in the Brain Saver books. Hmm. My favorite snack bars. Oh, let me see this. What flavors do they have? 
Ooh, strawberry and almond. Ooh, raspberry and macadamia nut. Ooh, let me read the back. What's this natural flavors thing? Oh, that's right, I remember. That stuff's bad. Putting this back. The word natural isn't a safe space anymore. It never was. The lines are blurred, always have been. There is treachery in the stores. Natural can mean anything at this point in the world. Not even good old non-GMO is sketched in stone nor secure. What we see with our own eyes isn't all that's cracked up to being known. And what we can't see with our eyes is in a league of its own. Words can have different meanings when it comes down to our health. There's a lot of bad still out there in our way when it comes to healing and who knows. It's still so confusing and sad when you think about the tricks and games played on the ones by the bad who take care of their health the most, but they've been had. And as we walk down the food aisles, filling our baskets with wholesome options and have no idea why corruption somehow found its way into the door of the natural and even organic food stores. How strange it all really is that the back of the bottle or package has a mysterious word puzzle that most everyone ignores. Sometimes it's even on the lid. It's time we become aware about the flavors that make the food taste less bland and so bizarre. So many pride in themselves when it comes to taking care of their health and they think about everything that enters their mouth because they're all told health is wealth. At the same time, something is hidden and completely stealth, interfering with your self-care and your self-help. When it comes to these small little words hiding deep within the labels, we seem to trust the ones that control our taste buds and tell us fables.